I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Welcome to TVGWT America through the eyes of two African American Americans. <laughs> now, welcome to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast with your host Rod and Karen. Say what's up to everybody. What's up, everybody? Yeah, that's how I like it. Said again. What's up, everybody? <laughs> all right man um well we're back for another week thanks for all the feedback you guys on twitter and uh we got a couple of reviews on itunes um really appreciating all the love you guys are getting and yeah we do thanks for uh sharing the show with uh tell your friends and spread the word man thanks for retweeting us and uh continuing to help the show grow um let's get right into it man um Seems like Charles Barkley really accepted that he's fat now. Oh, yeah. And all his commercials lately have been about being fat and lazy. It's kind of weird. And about food. Yeah. And that $5 uh, box is off the chain, y'all. <laughs> I, I haven't had one, but that, I mean, that one face he makes after the cheerleaders come, man, that's really, uh, really like he just saying, you know, I'm fat. Check me out. Yeah, embrace it. I mean, I still love your skin you in. I guess so, man. If you can make money off that hustle, it just it just come a long way from uh, the guy who said I'm not a role model and all that stuff. But, That's true. Uh, I really think I'm going to have to take him off of my list of favorite players. And uh, just I'm going to skip over him and go from Michael Jordan to Jason Kidd without... Mentioning Charles Barkley anymore because wow, you can't erase the work he's done. <laughs> you can't just mock him off your list. I don't think kids will understand today if I told them how good Charles Barkley used to be. Yes, he used and to be a beast now. I ain't even gonna lie. If I told them he was intimidating and the scariest player in the league at one point, they just laugh at me and go, They were like, Yeah, that fat ball dude on TNT. Yeah, the nigga <laughs> with the, the fight off a box. <laughs> nah, so I'm done with Charles. I'm sorry. Uh, from now on, I only refer to his analyst days. Um, <laughs> I still like Chuck. I was on Twitter and I said, uh, I don't like when people say that they don't approve of interracial dating. Because they act like there's a form or some sort of test or <laughs> some some vote. Is there a secret vote that's going to take place that we all have to uh, acknowledge whether or not we give a fuck about this? Cause the survey. Yeah, no, I don't care. I don't care I about don't care either. anybody's life that don't affect mine. I don't care what you do in the house, in your privacy, in your home. Um, I, I, it just doesn't bother me. The only thing that bothers me about interracial dating is sometimes when you out with your black woman and you'll see a, a, a interracial couple, you know, walking down the street and they just stare at you and then they'll be like... No, he didn't, and stuff like that. <laughs> when I tell people it, don't bother, it does not bother me at all. Yeah, I just wish they would stop judging me for being not in with an interracial, not in an interracial relationship. I mean, you do your thing and leave me alone, cause y'all ice grill us when I'm out of the movies. I see y'all staring at me like, <laughs> I know you didn't just go get you a black woman, you know, betraying everybody. So I don't appreciate that shit. Um, another thing, I was listening to the Game Informer podcast. This Game Informer is the magazine I get that mm-hmm. reviews video games. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you like all kinds of nerdy information that I use to uh, geeky stuff. entertain myself. Um, so I was listening to that podcast, which is pretty cool. Um, and they were talking about this review of uh, Dante's Inferno, which is a Dante's Inferno is a game that's coming out for Xbox that I think looks real dope. It looks kind of like God of War. Um, but uh, they gave it like a 7 or 8 out of 10, something like that. Okay. But the entire podcast was really them talking about the negatives of the game and not really what it did well. Okay. So they spent a lot of time, and maybe because they were trying to justify why they didn't give it a 10. That's probably true. So they weren't really explaining why they gave it a 7. They were more saying like, this This is why it didn't get a 10. Yeah, this is why it wasn't perfect. And it really made me think, you know, reviews for movies, whatever type of entertainment, 
most of it is about the tone of the review, not the actual review. That's true. Of the score. That's right. Um, it's almost like the coward's way out to throw the score in there at the end because technically, if you asked me about a movie, you said, um, you know, what did you think about? I don't know. Just ask me about a movie. You might name the movie. Uh, Toy Story Two. All right. What did you think about Toy Story Two? All right. Out and I go. Well, you know the. The animation was really just the same as the first one. The story it was kind of it was a little better. Spent a little more time with uh, the spaceman, but I prefer the story with Tom Hanks as the cowboy. I didn't really think the potato heads were that great, so <laughs> I didn't know. Halfway through the movie, I had lost track of the plot, and I had to pee, and I was ready to go, and I was already late for something else. But you know, I gave it a Nine out of ten, but you know, it was you know, I, I, that was all I could give it was a nine out of ten. Terrible review. Now see, I gave it a nine out of ten. But so still, the way you talked about it sounded like it was horrible. Yeah, it's the tone of the review. I think people get caught up in the tone and not the score. So I think if you score something highly, you should also have to phrase your review of it highly. That's true. So if you're gonna say. Mob Deep had a classic album with the infamous. Then you can't turn around and say, I, I talk about the three tracks that you hate and ignore the 12 tracks that you like. You have to, yeah. you know, you have to kind of go into why you love it so much. So, anyway, I just thought about that. Tone of reviews is like really overlooked, but it's the most important part about a review. Um,. Also, I found out today on CNN that there were no, uh, they dropped the civil charges against those cops that shot Sean Bell. Yeah, I heard about that earlier today. That's nuts. A lot of people don't know who Sean Bell is. Sean Bell was a, a guy who was, a couple, I think he was just hours away from going to his wedding. He was. And leaving his bachelor party or something. Mm -hmm. Him and his friends got into an altercation with uh, some undercover police or something like that. And the police shot up their car like 50 times yeah over 50 times yeah, one one were. officer himself shot 50 times i had to like reload and, and they were to keep unarmed shooting. and yeah. i mean it and race has nothing to do with it just for the fact that they opened up let's say one officer was 50 times so let's say all together depending on how many officers 75 to 100 bullets were shot at two unarmed people yeah. And then it went to court, and the court says, well, we don't have anything. Uh, they acquitted him of manslaughter. And so then the family went back, and the family turned around and did the civil suit. Then they turned around, and they said, well, we're not going to honor that either. Yeah. And my the thing that upsets me about it, it has nothing to do with color. It's the justice here. It's like... It, it makes me scared that if I turn around and, and something happened and you shoot me 50 times, y'all going to say the police is right no matter what. Yeah, they dropped the criminal charges earlier. And then, you know, but you think like civil court, you actually have less burden of proof. Uh-huh. So uh, it, whenever they drop the uh, actual civil charges, it basically nothing's going to happen. Nope. So it was kind of... um disheartening and it made me think about how much controversy we, we've had locally over that one police officer yes um and a lot of the alleged uh finger pointing a lot of finger pointing in this incident has come down to people saying well the reason that this officer who was black was even hired was because they lowered the standards because of affirmative action or because they wanted to get more black candidates into police uniforms so they lowered the standards, and this would have never happened if they hadn't done that. And it made me think, like, when those same people defend, like, you know, the officer who arrested Skip Gates, or they defend, um, this is before knowing all the facts, or they defend, you know, what happened with Sean Bell, or they just say that's unfortunate or whatever, and they don't have that same level of outrage, it makes me feel like they're saying, well... A certain level of suspicion and mistakes and profiling targeted towards black individuals is acceptable. Yeah. 
And yeah, but if it would have happened, if it was a black police officer doing it to somebody else, well, the system failed. Someone did, he should have never been hired. He must not have been qualified. But there's those accusations don't really come into play when Sean Bell gets shot or someone gets uh, accuses a police officer of pulling them over for being black or something. You don't really get that like, well, they need to raise their standards or you know that it's more like, well, that's supposed to happen, not. Not that they're saying it should happen, but more like, well, what are you going to do, you know? So I, I think that's a little bit, um, I don't know, I, I, I found that that was a little bit disheartening. Um, yeah, it really was, because it, but my thing is, too, is that when you deal with a lot of people, the only view and the only opinion they get of anybody outside of their race or culture is on TV or on the news, they have the assumption that everybody just fits in these boxes when it's not all that cut and dry. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's, yeah, there's just, whenever you're generalizing, generalizing, you're looking at things not on a specific level, we all tend to do that. You know, we all tend to just say, well, this is what must have happened, or we want to believe that that's what happened, but I don't know, just thinking about, you know, the local uh, problems we had, and then looking at that broad, you know, meet that 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 Sean Bell shooting that got so much media attention, it is kind of you know weird that so many people just seem to kind of be like, well, that's kind of the breaks, you know. But anyway, moving on. Let's, um, the I realized this week when talking about um uh people, when people were talking about uh, the coverage for like Sarah Palin and the coverage for like uh. Um, some some of our sports figures and stuff. I think one of the main problems with the media in general is that everyone in the media kind of wants to be a star too. Mhm. Yeah, they got their own agendas. Yeah, I, by agendas I don't mean like left wing, right wing. No, I'm, I mean it's like that. It's like yeah, I'm giving you a story, but I'm my own product. Yeah, they have a brand. Like yeah. everybody on your TV station. It's like talk radio. Yeah, everybody got a brand. Even and well, see, I kind of exempt talk radio because they're not keeping it on the low. Like Rush Limbaugh. Okay. Rush Limbaugh sells Rush Limbaugh. Okay. Uh, you know the Sean Hannity sells Sean Hannity, but there's like just your regular news, your anchors, your people on you know Channel Three or whatever. Yeah. Those people are looking to promote themselves so that they will be a name and I'm not I don't know if it's always been like that or what but it has kind of hampered a lot of media coverage of, of stuff because people just rush to give their event their their take on things people just want to be first and, and don't get facts <laughs> yeah and so when you look at like trade rumors or something in the NBA Everyone wants to report it first, so it might not be accurate, so they'll just report a rumor, which will get them a lot of attention, whether it's right or wrong. That's true. So, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I just felt like bringing that up because that was kind of a, just a thought that popped in my head this week. Um, you know, you know who I blame? Have you heard the, the We Are The World, the 25? No, I've I seen people tweeting about it and stuff, but I hadn't seen the video yet. Well, the general consensus seems to be that the new We, we Are The World is just terrible. Terrible. Yeah, from what I get, everybody says, awful. Um, there's, there's even auto-tunes in it and stuff. Yeah, that's what I was hearing, too. Yeah. I was like, man, this is not worth it. So, uh, basically, everybody's been blaming, like, oh, this artist or that artist, they're the one that messed it up or... You know, so-and-so did whatever. You know who's to blame for We Are The World? Us. Yeah. People. People who listen to that shit or get the ringtone or watch the yeah. video or... Uh, yeah, because they got the best... You When they did it years ago, let's say they got the top 25 artists, but the top 25 artists years ago is a different crop. Versus the top 25 artists now. Well, they were actually artists. A lot of them knew how to play their own instruments. That's true. They knew how to musically compose things. They grew up in, you know, maybe they got their upbringing in the church. Or maybe they were just more about a good product and not a good representation. So, while while a guy like T-Pain mostly makes his money off of being able to sell his image and sell his... um, 
catchiness and his, you know, just be in everyone's song to really promote himself. Yeah. A dude like Stevie Wonder is making his money off of being talented. That's true. You know, I write, I wrote this song, yeah. I play this piano, I sing this verse. Whereas you can take auto tunes and make a, a dog, you know, sound, sound like a person. Um, so basically. You wouldn't have heard Roger and Zap on the original fucking We Are The World. So, the reason it's falling off is because the quality of the music is falling off. Um, and uh, Damien, this dude on Twitter, asked me, like, what do I think about the general uh, state of music right now? And I'm not, I don't actually dislike where music is right now because you can go out, get it yourself. You have direct access to yeah. most artists through the internet. Yes, you do. Um, but the real problem is people aren't supporting the art. They aren't spending their money on the art. And I'm guilty of it. Everyone's guilty of it. But if you aren't going to spend your money and let the public, let the media know, let the uh, record companies know and the artists know where you want to hear more music from, it's your fault. That's true. That's true because honestly, there are a lot of talented voices out there. And there are a lot of people that really do sing. But a lot of times when you talk about these people, People don't really listen to them and they don't really dig them unless they're quote unquote mainstream. And you're not knocking their hustle, but a lot of them don't got talent and a lot of them just flat can't sing. Let's just keep that real. And that's the thing that people don't want to talk about. But the beat is hot and I can put it on a five second ringtone. That's what you're sending them to. That's what you want. So that's why you get this crappy We Are the World. And do we really need another We Are the World? I mean, it's 2010. And in, that, in the days when they did We Are the World, there's no internet. That's you know, true. the only way to make people aware of, hey, we need to help these hungry people out, is to put it on a video, put a phone number underneath it, get people to call a call line and, uh, and pledge some money. We don't need it. Now you got the WhiteHouse.org directing you to the American Red Cross. You got Wyclef Jean directing you to his foundation. You know, every podcast, every uh, every every radio station is telling you to text your money in on your cell phone. Yeah. So I don't think we need uh, We Are the World. I mean, I texted in some money on my cell phone bill, but then um, I underpaid my bill by ten dollars. So <laughs> I don't know what they got. I don't know how that. I don't know how that works. You trying to cheat them? I don't know how that works. I figured the cell phone company would take care of it, but. Uh, if they call, I just tell them I didn't mean to donate and see if they'll take it off my bill. I don't think that's happening, baby. Well, they, I mean, they said if you don't pay the bill, they don't pay the people in Haiti, so they don't really care. They just, <laughs> they just want their money. And that's true now. They really care. They take that shit out of, you know, my service plan. Anyway, <laughs> I was talking, oh, I had this idea too, and I don't know if it's already been invented. Maybe you know. Is there any such thing as a waffle burger? Well, you take two waffles, like Eggo waffles, and you put some syrup on them, and you put a burger in between them, and you eat it. Mm, no, I've heard of Captain Crunch. TM, I wanna, I wanna go ahead and TM that. So if you listen to this podcast, too late, bitch. <laughs> I invented the waffle yours. burger. Waffle burger invented oh, by Rodimus Prime. And, and you know we got to be healthy, so you know they got to be wheat waffles and the turkey burger. Mm-mm, not eating the waffle burger. It's got to be the worst pot. I'm putting bacon on it. Cheese, are you, syrup. Are you gonna put it between two Krispy Kreme glazed donuts too? No, that's gonna be a Luther, which has already been invented. Okay. So don't. So I, I feel like donuts. you're not respecting this idea. <laughs> I respect your idea. I just want to see you make me one. I'm gonna right. have him make me one, and next week I will uh, rate it. Alright, I'll make the waffle burger. You want syrup on your waffle burger? Or ketchup? Oh, All right. Um, hating in sports. I was talking to my man Key from Atypical Sports on Twitter, and first of all, arguing over the internet has got to be the most uh, com- like it is just the most convoluted way of arguing. There's no way of expressing tone. <laughs> it's shout without hearing each other. <laughs> I mean, I can. It's not that you can't hear them. It's just that, like, you can't necessarily understand what somebody's saying. Yeah. Sometimes you need to hear the tone of their voice. Yeah, and see their facial expressions. Yeah, yeah. my man, my man Key, he, like, he likes to debate a lot. You know, I like to debate, too, somewhat. But I'm not into debate for the sake of, like, 
I'm going to win this debate. You are wrong. I'm more of, it's more, to me, it's more like, can we understand where each other's coming from in, in most debates? Some debates are literally only one of us can be right. But most times when you have a debate with somebody, there's a compromise that can be reached if y'all are willing to actually discuss it. That's true. So, um, we were talking about my favorite, uh, past time, talking about Kobe. And he was saying how he dislikes Kobe. Um, and what what I did was I sent out a tweet that said, Hey, uh, Kobe Bryant, as far as I'm concerned, is he's the player in the NBA right now that wants to win the most. Yes, he is. That's my opinion. I mean, I can't prove it, but I, when I watch him play... He has the heart. He has the drive. I mean... He even changed his workout for him aging. You know, he gets up like crazy hours in the morning to exercise and work out and running. And uh, he played in all these Olympics and didn't take no time off. I mean, it's, it's all you can do is sit back for Kobe and say, wow. So when he's taking his time off, I'm not even hating. Take the rest. Well, it's not. I mean, yeah, definitely. Well, what I was thinking about is like, He's a dude that is about giving 100% in every area, even the areas that I think some of these other players haven't really picked up yet, um, like the off-the-field stuff. And I don't mean off-the-field like endorsements. I mean off-the-field like, what's the next thing I'm going to be working on so that when, in a year from now when I can't jump as high, I'll have something for them. That's true. Um, and I think a lot of these dudes don't. They're so young and they're so they're still trying to prove how good they can be. They haven't really got like Kobe's just ahead on his arc. Like I think players have an arc. You initially you just want to know if you can play on this level. Then you want to know if you can show you know you can shine on this level. Then you have a phase where hey I want to be the best. And then after that it's I want to win. Like win, yeah. win it all, not just win the games, but I want to win the whole thing. That's right. Kobe's in that. I just want to win the whole thing, or else the, the season was a waste mode. And LeBron, because he's so young, and you know he still does, he can't help that he has opportunity ahead of him. Um, he's going to be good for a very long time. Yes, so I don't know that a dude like. Uh, you know, anyway, I don't know that those dudes are at that desperation level yet where they're like, by any means necessary, I have to win. Now, they may be good enough to win anyway. That's true. But there's a certain desperation level that I think every player has to get to in order to be the greatest and win it all. Um, anyway, how this conversation got started is I, I said that, you know, Kobe wants to win it all. You know, that's what that's all he fucking cares about. That's all he's focused on. And people start sending me stuff like, well, what about that rape trial? I bet he was caring about that in Denver. You know, what does that have to do with his performance on the court? Exactly. I don't understand. And I, I think it's really just me. I really do think it's my way that I look at sports and that most people cannot understand how I look at sports. It's like comparing apples to oranges. You're talking about his own, the court... What he do external is totally separate. And I think that because Kobe has been presented as this terrible bad guy, people automatically bring that up. But let's say it had been somebody everybody loves, you wouldn't have heard that comment. Yeah, I mean, it's just that uh, the hatred of athletes, to me, extends on the court. And then off the court, I have this zone of, I don't know this motherfucker, and yeah. I feel like so people, I can separate the two. I feel like people are suckers. I feel like people are suckers for believing that they know LeBron James Personally, or Dwayne yeah. Wade yeah, or whoever me. because they saw a commercial. They think, I know this dude because he made me laugh with a puppet or whatever. You don't fucking know that dude. I don't know Kobe Bryant. I wouldn't let this nigga in my house. I wouldn't hang out with him. I, I don't know any athlete. Most athletes by nature are selfish and spoiled. They've never been told no. They've had people cut breaks for them. They're hard workers in that field of athleticism, but maybe not so hard working in things that come easy to them, like getting women or getting money or cutting corners or you know having someone take a test for them. So... These aren't necessarily good guys to be around, but because some publicists knows how to present their image, 
you have people falling in love with them to the point where they love or hate a guy and if you bring up something basketball related they immediately go to something kind of below the belt and off the field and that's frustrating to me as a sports fan because I like sports and I like on the field stuff and we can talk about off the field stuff but I'd like to keep that separate I don't want to say you know Tiger Woods is playing you know had a good tournament and you say well he cheated on his wife you know yeah stuff like that make you a man like I said as a sports fan when you talking about sports that's all I want to talk about and when and I think that's just the way the genre is now it's like oh no whole bars I'm a blend I'm gonna mix it all together and you just have to take it like that but I'm I don't believe that I think that uh, as far as on the court go, let's talk about that off the court. Let's talk about it as two separate entities. And it's funny, too, because those same people can't do that with people they like. That's like, if right. I'm going to hate on players, I can hate on every single player. If I want to like them all, I can like everyone. But I just look at things separately. Like, you would never see somebody go, uh, Kobe Bryant raped that girl, and then turn around and go, LeBron James don't don't ain't even married to his mother his kids or you know he don't shake hands after the game like if they like one dude then they just gotta start making excuses for whatever they yeah. do. I'm the kind of person where I was like I don't make excuses for he's a man he fucks up he fucks up I don't I don't care about him as a person but as a as a player as a you know as what I'm what I, the enjoyment I get out of it. That's all. That's as far as it goes for me. That's true. So, I, I don't know. I just... But the whole thing was kind of solved by... I just called him on the phone. Or I had him call me or something. And it's funny how you, you get off the internet. You talk on the phone. You can solve shit so much faster. That's true. Like, people just... Like, people are just used to talking with almost no compassion. No yeah. understanding and on the and, internet. And you can do that. And so many people do that. Because I realize... I, my job has changed, but... I used to work with these vendors, and they would sing like these angry emails. Then you talk to them on the phone, they'd be so sweet and nice. I was like, okay, your tone over the email is just a butthole. But when yeah. I talk to you, you're a pretty cool person. I, sometimes I don't think pe- like people don't realize they're annoying. I don't think people realize their tone when they're texting and tweeting. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, well, it's just that I think they don't care. It's like okay. you're not even a person. It's like they're talking to a fucking program. Like, I am not Twitter. I am a person. So... You don't really understand or grasp that until you go off the deep end a lot of times. Okay. Or, you know, it's what what was killing me was that I would say one thing and he would respond to something I didn't say uh. and kind of make up a response. And it's kind of weird because it's like, hey, dude, you know, I just didn't I didn't say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've been arguing so much with so many different people about the same subject that you already have like a made up argument in your head to attack them with and I'm not like those people I'm different than those people you talk to people that actually do give a fuck about whether or not he committed rape or he cheated on his wife or whatever I only I can keep it on the court and leave it at that and and if you want to talk to me about that to me that makes the conversation better if not we're just throwing in all kinds of extraneous shit like well, why did his mom get a Range Rover when he was in high school? Like, Smack. Yeah, like, who gives a fuck? Anyway, let's move on. Uh, gotta, you know, we gotta talk about Kobe every week. Um, Michael Jordan might buy the Bobcats. We talked about it a little bit last week. But um, it's looking like he has 60 days, basically, to get the money up to buy the team. And, uh, you know, I'm all for him owning the team. I hope he does. I really do. Because I think it, if it goes in somebody else's hands, I don't think the team will stand Charlotte. Well, that and we'll lose Larry Brown. Oh, yeah. Definitely we'll lose Larry Brown. So, I'm all for this. And um, the only problem I have is I think they need to make a reality show out of how MJ is getting this money up. Because he didn't have enough money on his own. So he has to go get investors. Okay. So I think they need to have a reality camera following him and Charles Oakley around. <laughs> betting on shit with random NBA players and rich people trying to get this money so they can uh, it, it, buy the it, team. It should show them going to Vegas on an air trip over there. Yeah. Showing them at the parties and the clubs with the bouncers. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, I want to see them. <laughs> I want to see them walk up to like Donald Trump. And OJ, uh, Oakley's gonna be holding the, uh, 
OJ. I almost said OJ Simpson. OJ. OJ in prison. Oh, I don't think he'll roll with Mike, but um, yeah, Oakley's gonna be holding the pool cue, and Mike's gonna be uh, uh holding the pool stick, and Mike's gonna be like, "Come on, man, I play you some nine ball for two million dollars, so I can get put some money on this team." Walking up the library, like, remember you owe me, you know, eight million dollars for that shootout. I'm here to collect, so. I'm ready. I'm ready to see that reality show. Oh, that'll be a good one. Yeah. So, what would the name of it be? I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like I had, Oak. <laughs> yeah, Oakley. And, Oakley and Jordan. I don't know. Well, I guess Jordan will come first, though. So, because because Oakley is kind of like the Memphis Bleak of Michael Jordan, where Memphis Bleak to Jay Z. Is kind of like Oakley to Jordan. Like they hang out and shit, but they're not really in the same class. And everybody knows Jordan doing him a favor by letting him hang out. Um. All right, so let's see. Oh, I watched this movie called Chocolate. It's a mm-hmm. movie about a little girl who's like autistic or something, mm-hmm. but she's able to grasp like how to do kung fu, and she has to go collect money for her sick mom. Uh, so that she can pay her hospital bills. And forget the movie. I'm not finished watching it yet. But it just made me think that autism in Hollywood is like a superpower. Like in real life and everywhere else is debilitating. But in Hollywood, some writer or somebody has decided that when you get autism, you have the ability to like gamble in Vegas and win or... You know, now you become the best basketball player of all time. Yeah, they must not really have anybody around there with autism. Because if you really got autism, the last thing you want to do is be around people. Yeah, I don't know how autism works exactly. But I do know that you shouldn't be able to fight like Bruce Lee just because you're autistic and you watched a Kung Fu movie once. But uh, it's kind of lazy writing. But uh, I thought that was funny. Chris Chan recommended that movie to me but I'm not done with it so I'm not shitting on your choice yet Chin but this <laughs> autism this autism things man it's a little far fetched is all I'm saying bro a little far fetched um speaking of uh friends my white friend of the week is Derek so shout out to Derek yeah my first official nomination for white friend of the week uh, alright you won buddy keep it up good job uh, we had a good talk about uh, the NCAA and how they don't play paid pay players. Uh, and I think he wants to come on the podcast and kind of talk about it, maybe debate it out. I'm not really interested in debating it because I think it's kind of a moral thing, not really a legal thing. I mean, the NCAA and the NFL kind of get to make the rules, so true. you do what the fuck they tell you to do, but... You know, is is it is it morally right not to pay him? I don't know, but he had a really good idea. I don't want to give it away and ruin the podcast, but he had a really good idea on how we can compromise. And I'd be happy with the compromise, and I I, I want him to present the idea to you guys and see if you guys what do you think about it? Would y'all be happy with this compromise about a way to kind of protect the players uh, from you know? Being the only losers in going to college, um, possibly. Um, let's talk about All Star Weekend. Okay, it's my favorite time of the year, just about. Yes, sir. And uh, I just wrote down a couple notes. I don't really want to talk too much about it, but um, there was a lady that got kicked out for harassing Kobe Bryant for not uh, playing in the All Star game because he was hurt with a sprained ankle and he couldn't play. Yeah, um, and a jacked up finger. I mean, come on. Yeah, her seat cost $8,000. Good God. So he was out there signing autographs for fans, which seems like a nice thing to do if you're not going to play. And she decided to say, hey, get your ass out there on the court. So she got kicked out on Valentine's Day. What I want to know is, who is the nigga that paid for them seats? For her to show her tail and get put out. Because as much as I love you, if you get kicked out with an $8,000 ticket, that's we we just got divorced. Say that again. Same thing goes for you, yeah, buddy. $8,000 is a little a too much. Of them, that's too steep. You better shut the hell up and watch the game, girl. That's the problem with Valentine's Day. Because a lot of these holidays are just have become just for the woman. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of attitude that makes you think, I'm going to tell this motherfucker Kobe Bryant by himself and get kicked out. 
And now I'm sitting there like, do I got to leave the game early? It's only halftime. <laughs> and I'm not here to pay. I'm going to tell you right now, but I love you. But you get kicked out, you're going to be sitting down in the damn car waiting on me. I'm watching the rest of the damn game. $8,000. For eight thousand dollars, and it's twenty five dollars for the hot dogs. Oh, you, oh, you outside in the cold, but yeah, they better send you to prison for eight thousand dollars because I don't even want to see you. When oh I get wow, there. nah, yeah. you better just have your stuff all packed up. Not to mention, I'm sure he probably was like, "I'm gonna take my baby down here for All Star Weekend. We're gonna Aww, go to the yeah, Biz Marquee party or the the Michael Vick and uh, Allen Iverson, Stephen Jackson party, and then yes. we're gonna get shot. Then we're gonna go on out to the game <laughs> on Sunday." And have us a good time. Yeah, girl. and then she just threw that eight thousand. She might as well just ripped up eight thousand dollars and, and threw it back in his face. Set it on fire, dog. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you should beat her or anything, but I, <laughs> I can see you getting angry enough to. I, yeah, I'm, I not, I'm not trying to say you should put your hands on her. Yeah, but that's that's about a quarter of somebody's salary for the whole year. <laughs> yeah, this Shaq and then Shaq versus Dwight Howard. This has got to be the most overblown bullshit. Oh. You are two grown ass men, and you're arguing over Superman. Who gets to be Superman? What's this a Halloween costume party? <laughs> Who gets to be Superman? Are y'all playing toys? Are my tights tighter? Yeah, you, are, are y'all playing toys in the back room, and y'all trying to pick who's the good guy? You are two grown ass fucking men. It's even worse for Shaq because he's a real grown ass man, yeah. and he should really should be beyond caring. And I know he spent a lot of money to put, like, Superman emblems in his car, in his house. Well, guess what? It's Superman, dude. It's fucking, it's a cartoon. You are it's a comic book tripping over a cartoon character. No one thinks you're really Superman. I don't know. You know, if you're so Superman, why did you play Steel in that movie? Why didn't you try to play Superman <laughs> instead of that shitty-ass movie you put out, man? I, I can't really get down with that shit. It is pathetic that he actually talked shit about Dwight Howard because of the Superman thing and I don't think I think Dwight Howard's kind of a sucker because the people in the actual uh, franchise and the media kind of want him to be Superman oh yeah because they want to they want to slight Shaq because Shaq they drafted Shaq in, in Orlando oh yeah and he became he rose to prominence there but he moved to LA because he didn't want to be there anymore and LA is a bigger market and all that shit. He could be in movies. He moved to LA. He became Superman, quote unquote, in LA. And then they drafted Dwight Howard years later, who's supposed to be the next Shaq. And they think they wanted to make Shaq jealous because he's a petty, jealous person that will actually get mad over this shit. And they wanted to be like, hey, man, now we got Superman. Ha ha, bitch. And Dwight's so dumb. <laughs> Dwight's so dumb that he probably really was like, yeah, man, I'm Superman. I, I'm gonna make the Superman commercials. People like me, and he—he's not even really thinking about Shaq. It's not intentionally yeah, to slight no, Shaq. No, it's not. But um, of course, Shaq had to say something because he's a petty diva, you know. He's like most guys. He's—he has an ego, and so he had to say something to Dwight Howard. Okay. So he says this shit, and I mean, I'm not even disappointed in Shaq because I expect this kind of shit from him, but. It's worse on him because he's older. Like, That's right. Dude, you got fucking kids. What do you care about being Superman? No one really calls you Superman. They call you the Diesel, Shaq this. Yeah. I mean... When the last time somebody even called you Superman? Yeah, the big Aristotle. Man. Dude, chill the fuck out. No one really cares. Just play 20 minutes a game for LeBron. And when y'all win the title, act like you're the only reason they won. And then chill the fuck out, man. Um... So, I, I don't know. I, but I did think Dwight's apology was really sincere. I do, too. And it was cool that he was able to put his ego aside. Because you knew Shaq wasn't going to. Oh, no. So, it was kind of cool that he handled that shit like a man. As far as like, hey, man, I didn't mean for you to get offended. My bad. And just back down. Because, honestly, why argue over Superman? Say that again. Really. Like, a fucking 20-something-year-old... Basically, outmature at Shaq. That's that's ridiculous. Um, let's talk about some of these trade rumors. Uh, my man. Uh, actually, no, no, no. Let's uh, let's talk about some Twitter questions. Okay. The Till Show at the Till Show. T I L L. He uh asked me uh why have the Nets been beating the Bobcats twice? Yeah. Yes, that's nerve. 
ranking. We account for forty percent of the, the Nets wins. wins. Yes, we do. Terrible. Um, I don't know, man. Basketball is all about matchups. Uh, yeah, Bobcats are the only team to beat Cleveland at home and on the road. Do I think we're better than Cleveland? No. no. But we just match up in the right places to where somehow we're able to make it difficult for them to beat us. Um, it's very weird. Um, we beat L.A. a lot. I don't know why. Uh, just the shit happens. I, I see it on the court and I'm, I'm amazed every time. Me too. So last night when the Nets were beating the Bobcats, I was watching it like, what the fuck is this? Anyway, Nathan Bacon asked, who do, who do you think will be the Eagles starting quarterback? Donovan McNabb. Uh... The only black men that have their jobs questioned this much are basically Barack Obama, Obama. and Donovan McNabb. Yes. Those are the only dudes that are constantly harassed about their job status on a, just a daily Every basis. Every year. It's, and it's sad, though. It's like people falling around. You're going to lose your job, dog? You're going to lose your job? They're going to get rid of you? They're going to get rid of you? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, the coach endorses them. The owner endorses them. It doesn't matter. Every fucking day, you got some new news reporter trying to be a star, saying he's going to be the one that predicted Nab is going. Just once in my life, I would love for Sports Center to collect the greatest clips of all of like Merrill Hodge and uh, all these cats, man, and just predicting Diamond McNabb will be traded for like the past 10 years. Because he's been in the league like 10 years, 13 years or something. Why, can we just get a, a just a recap of every single time somebody's been like, I mean, look on the trading block for McNabb, 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 and just show them like, you know, uh, their hair, their hair changing, like, show, <laughs> show them hair getting gray and growing beards, cutting beards off, getting glasses, getting contacts. Oh yeah, goatees. Yeah, because yeah. it's the same shit every year. I'm so used to it by now. I won't believe anything until Donovan McNabb is throwing a pass in the net, in the other uniform. Then I'll know they traded him. Um, LT555, I think that's his name. He wants to talk about NFL free agents. Man, there is a lot of free agents. I'll go with a couple that I know off the top of my head. Um, there's LT, who is supposed to be a free agent. Eh. Not really in love with LT. Me I think he was better when he had better blocking. I don't know where he can go to a situation where they need a running back and they already have a good offensive line. That's true. So he's probably fucked wherever he goes. Um, yep. He'd be better off retiring, truth be told. Yeah, quarterback, there's uh, Jason Campbell I think is a little bit interesting. I just want to see if he's broken. Cause yeah, poor thing. Yeah, he's been sacked so much, and, and his offensive coordinator keeps changing. He didn't have no, he don't have no stability. Yeah, I just want to see if dude is broken or not. Like, is his internal clock gonna still count? Okay, it's been three seconds, or is he gonna be like David Carr when David Carr came to Carolina and everybody found out? Uh oh, oh he was trash. Yeah, yeah, this dude apparently doesn't understand. You got three seconds to get rid of the ball. Um, running back wise, there's Leon Washington who like broke his leg, and um, yeah. Willie Parker's a free agent. I didn't know that, but he's 29, so and he's small, and they really haven't been doing much with him anyway. Mm -mm. Pierre Thomas is up, but you know he's gonna probably get signed back to the Saints. Of course. Um, Ronnie Brown is up. Uh, I don't know, man. Dude keeps getting hurt, man. He's another yeah. year, another huge injury. I mean. I wouldn't pay him, I mean, but who knows? Maybe he'd come back again. Um, there are, I don't really see anybody else. Mike Bell, meh. Maybe, but maybe with Mike Bell and uh, Pierre Thomas being being up for free agency, maybe Reggie Bush gets dealt or gets cut or something. I don't know. Uh, nobody else really interested in running backs. I do, I'm only doing like wide receiver, offensive shit. I'm not doing defense. Um, although Julius Pepper is probably the number one dude. Yeah, and I so. think he's going to be gone. And, oh, I would love for him to stay in, you know, in, in Charlotte, but I think he's gone. Yeah, me too. Um, oh, that's heartbreaking. We're going to be terrible. T.O.'s a free agent, but he's 36. I don't know where he's going. Me either. Um, uh, Vincent Jackson, I don't really like him that much. A lot of people really love him, but... He's got to be the most inconsistent motherfucker in the league. <laughs> I've had him on my fantasy team. Anyone that's had him on your fantasy team, you know what I'm talking about. He'll come out and get 150 yards one week 
and the next week it's like he forgot to play. So um, that's not a big deal. Miles Austin, he's free agent, but he's restricted. Cowboys will definitely resign him. Oh yeah. Brandon Marshall's restricted, so he's coming back. Uh, there's I don't see anybody really interesting. Uh, Steve Preston, I don't know. Uh, not a lot of people that I'm interested in as far as free agents do. So, I don't know what to tell you, but I did look at it, so. Alright. Um, Shirley Wong, Esquire. Esquire? Mm-hmm. She, uh, sent a question. She wants to know what I think about Nate Robinson being traded for Eddie House. Mm-hmm. Nate Robinson is a bigger star than he should be because he's short. He's winning yeah, the dunk contest. he's strong. And the reason he's winning the dunk contest is because... His job is to win the dunk contest. While all these other players are thinking, like, what can I do to help my team win? Well, I need to work on my jumper. I need to work on my passing. I need to work on my defense. Nate Robinson is sitting around somewhere like, should I get the chili to come out and shake the pom-poms? When I do my reverse dunk, you know, like, he's a dunk contest artist. And to me, you really can't get too, uh, too, too ahead of yourself with that dude. No. Um, oh, and speaking of free agents, Dante Starworth just signed a one-year deal with the Ravens. Wow. Who would have thought that he would have been the first free agent signed? Uh, a dude that just came out of prison. I mean, it's just proof that if you know how to, uh, to cooperate with the system. That's right. Instead of trying to do what Plaxico did and fight it or Vic did and lie and fight. You can actually come out a lot better. Yes, you can. Than actually trying to go in there and... Say I'm going. I you know you can't put me on trial. Put the system on trial, and next thing you know, you you playing locked up by Akon. So, Say that again. Um. Anyway, somehow Star Wars finagled a deal out, out of uh, out, out of fresh off the house arrest. Wow. Yeah. And you'll never hear about that story again. Yeah. He probably still. Well, you hear about it through the games, but he getting paid. You don't give that, a fuck. That's true. I mean, he still got the tan lines around his ankle from the brace. Probably from the <laughs> like from your the, socks are two tone. Yeah, but he don't care, man. Dude is dude's getting blame. paid to play get football. Get paid, again. brother. Get paid. Like that kicker that got paid all that money. Then he getting paid like nine million dollars up front. I don't blame you. And all you do is kick the ball. Pay me that. I kick the ball too. Yeah, I can't hate. I don't hate on anybody for getting paid what they get um, at their job. I don't feel. Yeah, you get what you can get. If they're willing to pay you, you take it. Because um, I know I am. My man witness on Twitter, he he asked me uh, what I think about the Cavs getting Jameson, um, and did it make the Lakers go pee-pee in their undies? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I don't know that Jameson's that scary to the Lakers' front line because the Lakers have three seven-footers. Um, I, so I don't know that Jameson can just score at will on Gasol, Bynum, and Lamar Odom. But... Um, and Jameson shoots a, a little too many threes, in my opinion. But I do like that they're trying to get the team better. Yes. It does give them a shot in the East. I mean, yes, if not the favorite in the East at True. this point. You know? True, than um, in Boston. Yeah, I mean, I still think people are sleeping on Boston because Boston is all about health. Now, yeah. they, they are old, okay? But if there's any chance that they can come into the playoffs healthy... They can be a problem because yes, a banged up, a banged up Boston team took took uh, Orlando and um, the Bulls and the Bulls to like Game Seven yes, if I'm not they mistaken. Did. And that's with a bunch of injuries. We all know Kevin the Bulls had like the most overtimes. Yeah, so yeah. this is a fighting team. If they still have some fight left in them, and with the addition of Nate Robinson, slam dunk champion, three times over. That's what I'm talking about. Now I don't think Nate's gonna be that big deal, <laughs> but um, with that, you know, they they might have a problem with Boston. Um, I don't think Orlando's even a problem for them anymore because mm-hmm. all the moves they made have kind of been to counter what Orlando does well. So they got some wing defenders that can get out there on their shooters, and I I, I think they're better than Orlando at this point I, until Dwight Howard gets a post move. I'm, I'm going to have to put the Cavs ahead of him unless somebody gets hurt. That's true. So, um, that, I like that move, though, because it does make the Cavs better. And, you know, if everything goes right, they should be coming out of the East and we get to see possibly Kobe versus uh, LeBron. And 
that would be some good TV right there. Yes, that would. Um, Chicago Bulls traded my man John Salmons. Um, that's my dude because he has the best ladies game in the NBA. <laughs> John Salmons don't even look like he work out. He just uh, he has that old man game. He just show up to the club. Yeah, John Salmons got the laziest. Him and Paul Pierce got the laziest looking game. Yeah, Paul Pierce do too. Pa Paul Pierce, sometimes, man, he looked like he just finished eating Bojangles chicken and just had a white t-shirt on <laughs> and just put on a uniform and just walked out and said, well, I, I show y'all old boys how to do this thing. Yeah. Like, where you come from, old man? Yeah, they probably drank Kool-Aid instead of Gatorade on the sideline because... <laughs> They both but got they, the lazy They mess game. around and shock you when they start shooting, but before that, you won't even take them seriously. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know who all they got. It's, looks like Kurt Thomas and Francisco Elson who have expiring contracts. So they basically got rid of John Salmons for nothing. Not really sure what Chicago's thinking. Maybe they just want to give up some money or something. I, I don't get this move for them, but uh, whatever. Maybe they got another move coming. Maybe they're going to get T-Mac or something. Um, Darko Milicic, the guy who was picked ahead of Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony wow. by Joe Dumars, the greatest GM of all time. Wow. Yeah, right. Anyway, Darko Milicic is uh, going to the T-Wolves for Brian Cardinal. Uh, this is just a trade that I really don't care about. Um, Me either. So, I don't know. But, I mean, the T-Wolves have been playing better. Maybe they need a center. He wasn't really playing much for the Knicks, and the Knicks will save like one point eight million. Now, I don't. They're just all about saving money at this time. The Knicks just don't. Yeah, they got care. a pie sale going on. Yeah, Nate Everything, Robinson. Everything fifty percent off. Come get it. I mean, they traded their own mascot, Nate Robinson. So that's true. So uh, that's about it for this podcast. You got anything else you want to add? Anything you want to talk about? Mm mm. All right, well, looks like we're out, guys. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Yeah, we love y'all. And thank you for the support and the emails and the retweeting because we do read that stuff, guys. And it makes us feel good to know that people are actually listening and they're listening all the way through. Yeah, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Rodimus Prime. And, and I'm Y00227, the letter Y. All right, so thanks for listening to the Black Guy Tips podcast. Thanks, guys. We out. Love you. Love you, too. Mwah.